When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Will the NBA overcome COVID and restart the season? How hard will teams play before the playoffs? Can the Lakers handle J.R. Smith joining the team? The only question left is, say it with me, you in? Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. Wow, it feels weird to say that after so long, but... I am Coach Nick, your host, and I'm also joined by Brady Klopfer, who is a writer for SB Nation and a friend of The Breakdown. And we're going to do this every week now going forward. Brady, how's it going today? It's going great. I'm getting to talk about basketball with you, which I uh, haven't got to do in a while and feels nice to actually have a basketball conversation. <laughs> a oh, little, I know. little break from everything else in the world. The irony being is we could be doing this in person, but we must be uh, honoring social distancing um, by doing it via uh, Skype. So, uh, but it is a scary time, and it's a scary time to be in L.A., in L.A. County, certainly. Um, I trust you've been healthy and, uh, and stayed away from everybody? Thankfully, yes. I have been uh, mostly just locking myself in the apartment, going out for groceries like twice a month, and uh, that's, <laughs> that's been the life for the last few months. I know. I think we can all uh, agree that's been a, it's been a description of what I've been doing, too. We're going a little crazy. And um, luckily, I've been finding some things to do to entertain around the house uh, with the kids. Otherwise, I could have been prosecuted for manslaughter at this point. But uh, <laughs> at any rate, we're here. We're about to embark on a, a season or a rekindling of a season or whatever you want to call it. What, are we, what is this? Uh, what are we going to call this? The, the rebirth? What? I like rebirth. That sounds very dramatic. I've been I've been calling it restart, which is just the most boring kind of NASCAR sounding word for it. So yeah, I kind of like rebirth. That's a oh wow, it's got well, some we, we, pizzazz we, to it. We can talk NASCAR too later if you want. It's certainly what's been going on over there. But true. Uh, here's the thing. So the, everything everyone's thinking about COVID. I hope everyone takes this as seriously. It's certainly I do. Staring at all these uh, these doctors and these predictions and these numbers and how it's rolling across the country. Well, it's also rolling across the NBA as the tests come in. So we found out that a few players have gotten it. And it's interesting because, you know, it, it, we have to avoid this notion that you have to blame somebody for getting COVID. Like, it's your fault, right? I think that's, that's not cool. Yes. Um, but it doesn't – it would seem to me to indicate a, that they were, um, you know, maybe not as careful as they could have been. Is that – can we walk that line? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, you know, especially depending on, on where you are, I think there are some cases of, of people, you know, outside of the NBA, of course, I think there are some cases of people doing just about everything that they can and still getting really unlucky. But I think that's, you know, a very, very, very tiny percentage of the uh, population. And especially when you look at how many athletes we've been seeing getting it, you know, Major League Baseball is having a spike as players are, are starting to ramp up activities. PGA Tour is having a spike. I feel like, well, you know, there's a little bit of trend here with athletes. They're probably not being as responsible as they should when it comes to even just practicing and getting run in. 
you know, that's <laughs> the reality is that's not safe. Yeah, Jared Dudley was complaining certainly about this rush into the season uh, without having any kind of five-on-five training, which indicates to me that he was not doing that, which is what he's supposed to not be doing. Um, I think, did you see Patrick Beverly's response? Yes, <laughs> that, was, that was very Patrick Beverly of him. Yeah, tell, do you remember what he said? I don't. I can pull it up really Yeah, I mean, quickly. you know, something to the effect of, man, this is our life. We're supposed to be doing this. You know, this is our job. It, it indicated to me, and you'll say in a second, but like that Beverly must be, have been playing <laughs> somehow, somewhere, uh, wherever he was, uh, and keeping in shape. So I, I, it's interesting. I wondered how many players have kept in shape. I do know, you know, some of the guys, certainly not five on five. Uh, I would be surprised if more than a handful had done that. Yeah, I, I would certainly hope so. But, you know, I feel like most of them have ways to stay in shape and maybe you're not quite in game shape the way you are during the season. But if you're in good shape, you can get into game shape pretty quickly. You know, I, I get if you come in at the end of the off season and you're a little overweight and you haven't done any running or anything. But, you know, if you're hitting your personal gym or just going for runs and and whatever, then it shouldn't take you that long to get into five on five shape. Sure. Sure. And by the way, okay, so let's just list the players we know now because Malcolm Brogdon just came out and said that they tested positive. Uh, Nikola Jokic, Jabari Parker of the Kings, which I find, I guess I missed Jabari Parker getting getting traded to the Kings. He he got traded. So the odd thing is I'm not, I'm not sure if he had, he must have had an injury because he got traded right before the deadline. Um, but he's only played one game with the Kings. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that's you why at, you don't remember all of 15 right. minutes in a Sacramento jersey. Okay, great. Yeah, because I, I interviewed the guy for the Hawks this season when they were in L.A. So it just all of a sudden like, wait. And, you know, and he was not doing badly. In fact, he, he probably had the, the most dunks uh, from passes from Trey Young than I'd seen. Uh, I mean, it was cra- every time I was going through Trey Young footage, it's just like bounce pass dunk, bounce pass dunk to Jabari Parker. So he must miss that uh, <laughs> a lot. Um, but those are the three. Not getting that, that in Sacramento. Uh, no, I'm, well, I'm trying to think. I mean, you know, De'Aaron Fox could, could set him up, but not the same way Trey Young does. But, um, no. you know, Brogdon's a little so- shocking to me. You know, he's a guy who's probably got political aspirations after uh, the NBA. He's really intelligent. He strikes me as the kind of guy that just, I don't know why, I can't really explain other than I, he seems like the kind of guy that would really take this seriously and not go out, whatever. But again, the, I want to stress this. We, we've seen a lot of um, examples of people who were perfect with how they behaved and still got it. So it, it, you're right. it just it happens. And by the way, um, you know, I, do, do I want I'm not going to throw shade in anybody who wanted to uh, participate in any protests who might have gotten it. We saw I think Giannis was was out there maskless. Right. Yeah. Was he maskless? I, I, I remember reading that he was I didn't see any pictures, though. I, I saw somebody I know I him saw... yelling into a megaphone without one. So um, yeah. but he's so tall. Maybe he just rises above the <laughs> just goes over everyone. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but uh, so so that's interesting, you know, because it, it's a double edge. It's a it's a multifaceted thing we got to talk about because we're not just talking about right now or up until the season starts, uh, you know, observing uh, pr- pr- protocol to try and avoid the coronavirus. But we're also thinking about like what happens when they get to Orlando, because there's going to be a bubble that they're expected to uh, adhere to. Um, you want to should we do some betting, some over under of how many of the percentage oh. of players who are going to stay in the bubble? Oh gosh, on percentage? Yeah. 
And, and I'll say this. I asked an NBA player who won't be named. What, I, I told him that. I said, we're, gonna, we're taking bets. He goes, take the over. <laughs> Whatever the number is, take the over. Um, what do you think about that? I think it's, I think it's going to be well over, well over half of the players are not going to. Really? You to think bubble. it's that high? Wow. I, I think was thinking like 20% maybe. You think it's going to be more? You know, I think I've just grown too pessimistic based on the last week or two. I think you're probably right logically, and I'm just thinking with my heart, having a hard time getting getting my head around a large group of people in Florida being responsible. <laughs> but well, no, I think I think you're right. The assistant coach. I talked to a couple assistant coaches too, and they they also are very dubious about this notion that they'd stay, uh, you know, in this bubble. And you know, it's listen. Th- these are millionaires. They're not necessarily used to being told what to do outside of like at least the lines. So, you know, it's a thing uh, that that w- could very well come up. Uh, if I say 20 percent and I'm really low, I will go on the other side and say I'm convinced that someone's going to get it. And I feel oh, like yeah. if someone's going to get it during that period, well, that most likely means more than one person's going to get it. And can you really continue that season, this this restart, if like a whole team has to shut down and sort of not participate? Can we do that? I I don't I think they're going to have to try to in until it gets to a certain point. But at, at a certain point, I, I don't know where you where you draw that line. But, you know, a few a few people have mentioned Adam Silver has mentioned that they have, you know, plans in place for if they start getting some positive results. And I do think, you know, you're going through all of this trouble to make it happen. You have to you have to have those plans in place and you have to find a way to make it work when if and when it happens but there has to be there has to be a line in the sand because if it just starts spreading like wildfire you have to stop and and frankly i think i think it's kind of inevitable that at least a few players get it because even if the players are being smart and adhering to the bubble it's not a perfect bubble you know they're still relying on people coming in for some of the essential services and whatnot that in addition to the fact that everyone has to fly into Florida, which is, you know, mm-hmm. the most infected state there is, uh, I just don't see a, a way around a person or two getting it. And then it's just a matter of how much can you control it? And does it get to a star player? Because that's when you get the asterisks as if, you know, LeBron James misses the playoffs or something because of the virus. Right. Now, in theory, because, you know, you're young, so I feel like the younger people under 30 um, aren't as concerned and like they, I might get it. I'll have like the flu for a few days and then I'll be fine, which, you know, listen, that's probably what would happen to like a big percentage of people that young, but, and and certainly to these pro athletes, I haven't heard of any of the guys who've had it, having it more severe than like, you know, feeling bad for a little while and then recovering. So I would pray that that would be the the outcome too. And in the, and so the idea being that, okay, they tested positive. Let's say it is LeBron and let's say it's in the middle of the eight games where they're coming back. You know, maybe they just everybody stops for the, a week and a half or two weeks, whatever that is. Um, I guess the only other consideration there is is after you get it and you have no more symptoms and you don't test positive for it anymore. Um, in theory, that means that you couldn't get it again. But I, I can't seem to find any definitive information on that either. That you're immune to it. It seems like you are. 
um, and that you won't give it anybody else after you've tested negative. I think that's the key. So I suppose if that if that scenario happened, I, that they could actually have that happen. The guy could then rejoin again without fear. I mean, I, I guess that's the point is because Nikola Jokic is going is going to rejoin, and they know he's got it now, right? So I think that's the whole yeah. that they're basing this on. I think that's that's the hope, and it's it's very fitting that we're having this conversation right as I got a notification that yes. I'm assuming you got that Buddy yeah. healed has tested positive. So um, no clue if that's, you know, related to, to the Jabari Parker oh. test or not. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, because it could just take down a team, which would be, you know, that would be that would be grim. But, no, I mean, you have a, you make a good point about, about Jokic. And, you know, I do think they'll be able to get players back, presumably, as long as they recover quickly. I, I don't know what their protocol is. I know Major League Baseball released – their protocol this week for how they're going to handle positive tests. And it's something like either 48 or 72 hours of no fever and three negative tests. Okay. Um, so okay. I'm, I'm assuming that the NBA plan will be something similar to that, but I don't, you know, I don't, I, it seems like we're, the jury's still out a little bit as to how long this stays in your system anyway. So I don't know how long the players are going to have to wait quarantine to, get three negative tests, but it could it could really disrupt things because I'm assuming the league doesn't want to, you know, just keep postponing further and further and further, especially since they've already set a, a semi-ludicrous tentative date to start next season. Like, you don't want to push into that too much, so... That date is what, Christmas? Um, December 1st was actually the oh. the first tentative date they gave, which is just, there's no, there's no chance, but... Um, Sometime in December was like their fallback plan, which still seems very right. And then that screws up that that season. Um, I mean, here's what we could talk about as well: is you know, have we all forgotten that th- during the season there was a huge drop in ratings, like twenty percent or higher? And I'm wondering how this is going to work in the sense that having gone through that, and again, no Steph Curry because the Warriors are not invited. Um, they're going to now try and play games in August. And like probably some games like during the day, because I don't know. Do you know? I heard they had like maybe three courts. Is that what you heard? I, that's what I've heard as well. Yeah. But I haven't heard anything definitive about that. But I think that's right. So, OK, you have three courts. So, you know, that means you're, you're gonna, some of these games are going to start, I think, a little earlier than the normal time. I would imagine if you have a full slate. So I can't. I, I'm wondering what it's going to do to the ratings now and if it really is going to, you know, are, are we all so desperate to get it back and we're all going to flock back to it? Like, probably, right? Is that, I don't know, how reasonable do you think that is versus, you know, it's a weird time of, this, of, a, of a year for people to try and watch basketball and when they're usually doing other things. What do you think? Yeah, I think we're going to see a spike and then a little bit of a drop off because, you know, we've, other sports that have been coming, coming back have been seeing that spike just because people are so desperate for competition. You know, NASCAR has seen a spike with their few races. The UFC has seen a spike with their fights. You know, anyone who's coming back, I think, is getting a little bit of spike. So I think, you know, we'll we'll get a spike maybe for a week of just people being so hungry for some live sporting events to, to happen. But I don't think that's sustainable because once it becomes the new norm again, you're not going to watch it just because it's there. You have to actively be invested in the product. It's going to lose its shine after a week. 
if you're not actually invested in watching NBA basketball. And on top of that, assuming that everything goes forward as planned, as planned, they're going to be competing with uh, Major League Baseball, pretty much overlapping with that season and those playoffs. And then you have football coming in as well. So there are going to be a lot of competing resources, even if and if fans are just hungry for live sports. Yes, that's a really good point as well. Now, that, that said, this regular season thing is only going to be the eight games. So they're going to get to the playoffs pretty quick. So that will be good, uh, aside from the fact that we might have injuries because of you know the sudden shock to the system of having to get back and playing so quickly without a proper you know training camp. Although, listen, training camp isn't much more than about two weeks now anyway. Uh, but at least you know that they're playing a month before pretty hard. Um, so I'm interested to see how that's going to go. Now, the other thing that's interesting is that uh, Woj had uh, reported that the teams that are not currently in the playoffs aren't really incentivized to do much uh, you know, damage in these eight games. And so they're not going to play their guys. They're going to play a lot. Of the, it's like almost like a summer league thing for them. But why then would the Lakers or the Clippers – want to be involved in games with basically non-NBA players who are, you know, probably playing a little bit harder than normal because they're trying to show off and show out and uh, and might be a little bit more sort of physical and aggressive and without maybe the same control that other NBA players have. I would be really concerned about that. And, like, maybe that means that they don't play Kawhi or they don't play LeBron in a lot of these games. Uh, that would sp- spell a problem for ratings as well for those games. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point, and and I think you're entirely right um, because there really is no, especially for a team like the Lakers, where they're not f- playing for anything anyway. They've got the, you know, first seed all but wrapped up, and even you know the Clippers are you know technically jockeying for position here with the Nuggets. But does playoff seeding really even matter as much now when you don't have home court advantage? The Clippers and Nuggets are going to end up two or three in one order, and they're going to face, you know, likely the Rockets or the Mavericks in one order, and they probably don't have a preference as to who they're playing, and there's no home court advantage. So, yeah, I mean, really, most of those teams don't have don't have much to play for. Uh, and you're right that, I mean, if I were Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James or the people managing those players, I would not want them going up against a bunch of fringe players on the Suns who are trying to earn a contract next season. It's it's I mean we've all watched summer league games. They're not they're not pretty. They're not fun. They're not safe relative to a normal NBA game. Uh, so yeah, those those games you're right. Those games are going to be ugly. Not yeah. a lot to watch. So you know so in theory like that might kind of be evident in the beginning, and then people are like yeah I'm, I'm I'll wait for the playoffs. So now you got about a week and a half, two weeks of them getting back where the ratings are not great. And then all of a sudden the playoffs start and then people might flock. So you might, you know, and then, and then that might get, that might pick up. I would imagine there'd be a lot more interest there, but I'm worried in that sense, but I don't know if there's any other choice. Oh, and then throw in the fact that maybe somebody gets COVID and then they do shut it down for a little longer or, or just deal with that without that player. That's another issue. So I think it's a, it's a big asterisk, 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 whatever that word is, uh, on this whole season and on whoever's <laughs> going to win. By the way, the irony being the Clippers win, who I think that they will win, uh, you know, and of course it's the most crazy, weirdest season of them all and would deserve, uh, you know, a little star next to that title, and, and that's the one they're going to get. <laughs> but we'll, we shall see. It'd be very fitting. Uh, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, of all the, all the Clipper things that we've known about in, in their history, this would be it. Um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the, 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 
the state of the teams, because I think that might be interesting to some people as well. Um, I just did a video on the Western Conference, catching everybody up. And just in case you're wondering, I will do the Eastern Conference. You know, the other video did really well, so I will do an Eastern Conference because people were upset that I didn't. Um, but I didn't want to do a 30-minute video. So uh, Western Conference, catching up with them. Um, you know, there's some really intriguing stuff. But, like, the Blazers, to me, I thought, getting back Nurkic and uh, Collins, and then you add that to Whiteside, um, would be offer a lot to like whoever they have to play, like maybe the Lakers. That, that actually does do something. Now, Ariza was supposed to be that guy then who would um, who could guard LeBron a little bit. Now, Ariza's not going to go. And that leaves them just without a wing presence too. With, I mean, they've already they've already lost Rodney Hood to injury, so it's just what are they even doing at, at small forward? They don't definitely don't have anyone who can guard LeBron, but they don't even have really much talent on that roster that can even just play that position competently on either ends of the of the court. Really, I think what they're going to do is just and go big, right? Yeah. So we yeah, might, I guess you have to. I mean, we might bring Melo Nurkic. back to. Oh well, you have Melo, but you, maybe like throw Nurkic and um, and and uh, Whiteside together. Throw them out there and play them alongside each other. That might be interesting, you know? I mean, all bets are off at this point. Throw stuff at the wall. See what happens. Now's as good a time as any. You know, they're already on the outside looking in. They're, they got to do something crazy in order to get in. Why not try something like that? In the worst case scenario, you don't make the playoffs. You, you probably weren't going to make it anyway. And now you get to experiment with something in games that don't matter as much as if you try to experiment with them during a normal regular season. Yeah. Now, the thing with that is, if we listen to Woj, uh, then they wouldn't be trying. But I just have a hard time picturing that. I don't know why. For some reason, the Blazers in particular. The Kings, I could see them being like, eh, yeah, we're just going to make this a summer (laughs) league. Now, the Pelicans, though, are the other team that I thought, you know, they should have been in fourth place right now had Zion not gotten hurt. And uh, and they're mm-hmm. and, you know and they and they didn't play like amazingly off the charts when he came back, but they were at a winning record when he came back, I believe. And so um, that's an interesting take as well because you know Gentry, um, you, you know, is probably playing for or coaching for his job to some degree. Wouldn't you say he's a bit in the hot seat? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, does he want to have a good showing, right? Is he pressured to do that? Uh, and, and they're in position to do that. And these guys are young and want, I'm sure want to play. Because I would love to see, you know, Lonzo Ball uh, and um, uh, that whole roster, my goodness gracious, Zion and Lonzo and Ingram, uh, you know, just for fun, like run the Lakers up and down a little bit and see what happens. Uh, that would be kind of interesting. I, I'm always the underdog guy. So just so you know, I'm like, you know, I might speak in the way that I'm looking for the people that give the Lakers a challenge. I, just, I don't want to see a sweep in the first round. Uh, but that would be interesting to me as well. And I think those, for some reason, those two teams should be playing for it maybe um, and, and to get in. I don't see why they would just sort of kick it or punt it to next year. Yeah, well, especially with New Orleans, with them having such a young core that is still growing, you know, even if they're playing the team that's looking towards next year, that's pretty much their starters already. You know, obviously they have some veterans. They've got their Drew Holiday and their Derek Favors, but, you know, they should be looking to get reps for Lonzo and Zion and Ingram together. That's the best thing they can do for next season. And it's also the best thing they can do for this season. So there's there's really no reason for them to punt it because, like you said, they have a chance. They could be a lot of fun and, and get a lot of fans if they got matched up with the Lakers in the playoffs, that would be very good for their 
business side of things long term. Um, and honestly, they should just be playing their young players and giving them a chance to develop some chemistry together. Sure. Now we got to look at the, the numbers and the schedule to see, you know, which of those teams is going to play more of each other, uh, more other like G League players, perhaps, you know, versus are they going to play the Clippers and Nuggets again? It's I don't think we can predict this because we just don't know what, yeah. what playing time they're going to give. We know, uh, you know, I'm sure Kawhi will barely play uh, or, you know, play, you know, probably 20 minutes, 25. I would think until they get a little bit closer, they ramp it up. Um, which also brings us to let's talk about the Eastern Conference for a second. Um, obviously, the Bucks are the sort of the class of the league or the uh, conference way up on everybody, on every stat, on net rating, defensive rating, everything. Um, I have this weird feeling, though, that the Raptors can beat them. I like that. I like that. As someone who just has been on the Toronto train all year long, I, I could not understand why so many – I'm not trying to throw shade at anyone here. We all make very dumb predictions, myself very much included. I could not understand why so many media members thought the Raptors were going to be bad this year. There were so many people who saw them as a fringe playoff team just because they lost Kawhi, which was bonkers to me with how well they've historically played without Kawhi, without DeRozan. They've always done really well, and with Siakam getting as good as he's – developed into uh i agree with you i mean i'm certainly not gonna be running to vegas to put money on them in a series against milwaukee but i do think that they have a, a very realistic shot especially when you look at how well coached they are and how well siakam can guard Giannis. that's you know a little bit of a I don't know if anyone can beat Milwaukee if you don't have someone who can match up well with with Giannis. And Siakam, with his length, athleticism, and defensive ability, he can do that about as well as anyone. Oh, and then here's the thing people might not remember is that Mark Gasol had been out, like barely played half the games for them this year, and they were still on a 60-win pace. Um, so right. that, to me, is a big X factor because – to stop Giannis, you want to also have an anchor down low if you do have something like that, like a Gasol, and he would be really helpful for that. Um, and so I think that adding him back and healthy, and he looks, if you saw the pictures, we have Skinny Okic, we got Skinny Harden, and then we got, you know, some muscular Mark, <laughs> I guess. Um, he looks like he's in really good shape. So I would anticipate him having a really good, uh, you know, uh, stretch run here, really helping them. So. Um, now, how that stacks up against Milwaukee, because, you know, they are so good. And, I, you know, I was just having this conversation earlier today about their defense because their defense is so highly rated, yet they give up a ton of threes. They give up a ton of three-point attempts and uh, in frequency, and then the percentage is high. Like, they give up, you know, their opponents shoot well. A lot of the time it's because they help one pass away to stop them from getting to the paint, which is their biggest overall arching philosophy. But I just, I don't know. I get the, the my spidey sense tingles when, um, I see a, a team that struggles that much with a three-point shot in a seven-game series. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen a team in recent years be able to have success at the highest level while having that flaw. It's been That's been a fatal flaw in the league for the last decade or so with the way things have, have been trending. Uh, and I, I think Mike Budenholzer is a tremendous coach, um, but at some point... We do have to look at his his playoff record, uh, and it hasn't. It frankly hasn't been good. His teams have always struggled in the playoffs, and I think part of that is kind of the Brad Stevens effect of 
getting teams to overperform a little bit during the regular season. So maybe our expectations are a little too high when they enter the playoffs. Um, but, you know, last year you pointed to a lot of those flaws that were really prevalent in their in their playoff series when they did lose uh, to Toronto. And that's. I, yeah, we need to see something from them before before we stop projecting that issue on them, I think. Yeah. And then, you know, there's always the there's always the Eric Bledsoe factor, which has not ingratiated me with any of the Bucks fans. I think that I'm on dartboards across the, uh, Wisconsin. And uh, I listen, I'm a badger, man. I, I, I'm one of you. I, you guys shouldn't be so upset with me. But um, and I don't feel good at having to point that out and then be proved and right. But if you're going to rely on him, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like the, you know, the J.R. Smith thing if you're going to rely on J.R. Smith you know it's going to come back to haunt you at some point I I just believe that having watched enough of him to do that but uh you know because they're a little bit um I don't want to say they're not deep the Bucks are not deep because they they have good players and they have a nice setting around Giannis right they've sort of built this team in that maybe that Bulls way where the Bulls had you know Scotty and Michael and then they adjusted around them um you know, but and, and so they have some guys I like uh, behind that, but I don't think those are the guys you can ride or die with uh, in the deep in the playoffs to get to the finals. So I and I agree when you talk about the experience now with the Raptors, they have that experience. Every one of them does, and and they have a ring. So I would say uh, it would be an awesome conference, a rematch of last year, and um, I, I would think it would be the same thing, and it would be it would just be tremendous because that would also mean that Siakam continued to, to improve and continue to take more of that role that, that Kawhi had, um, which would just be a great story, right? That's a nice story everyone would like. Absolutely. So um, let's see here. I think as we start to wrap this one up, we can talk a little bit about uh, what the Lakers are going to do because they don't have JaVale and they don't have uh, Avery Bradley. Um, and it's sad. JaVale, I guess, gets visitation rights of his kid, and the, and the mom chose, like, August, I think, was the month for him to have him. And he, he, it's, it's really too bad they couldn't maybe work that out differently where uh, he's going he's gonna to be the family guy, which is great. So he won't be there, which is too bad because that really hurts the Lakers to some degree, even though Dwight has been helping them uh, immeasurably. Uh, and Avery Bradley's a starter. He's not going because uh, kid is uh, compromised. Uh, or I, I, yeah, I, don't, that is, I don't know if compromise is too strong of a term, but it sounds like he just struggles with uh, um, respiratory illnesses. So. Uh, J.R. Smith, here we come, right? Now, here's the thing. Do you know J.R. Smith becomes the top of the list because of LeBron's in the team, right? Always. Right? Um, and that's it. <laughs> it's always confusing to see you know, who really is the, uh, the GM. Now, I have to say, uh, you know, we saw some weird moves since, when, since LeBron got there, right? Some very strange signings, and they would grab, you know, like Rondo was one. Um, you know what? Remember, I'm forgetting now from last year, there's a couple that were strange, which indicated to me that this is LeBron saying, hey, you got to sign these guys. Like, and they, they have no choice, but they have to do that. Does that, that sound fair? Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so uh, so that means, like, yeah, so J.R. Smith has already played with them. He won a title with LeBron in Cleveland, um, you know, they, uh, the, overcoming a 1-3 deficit. And uh, yet we, we also might remember what happened in game one of the last finals they were in together when J.R. did not shoot the ball uh, with very few, little, little time on the clock. He thought it was tied or whatever, they, whatever the story they're spinning. And that's the kind of thing you have to worry about, I think, as well, because J.R. will give you, you know, great games, and then he'll also... Uh, come up a little short in those moments. So uh, I don't know what we're saying. This is a done deal, right? He's already he's probably already signed before, before we finish this pod, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's fait accompli at this point. So 
The only question then. And maybe they'll make another great meme again. Oh, yeah, right. Memes are great. <laughs> um, and then the only other question is who do they replace JaVale with? Because if they're talking about bringing in Dion Waiters, another guard, that would be a real LeBron move to me versus bringing in a big guy. Um, but then again, maybe what he's thinking is, you know, with Dwight playing so well, um, you know, but then again, there's who JaVale was a starter. So I guess Dwight has to start. And then they're very, very thin. They, so they, they, if they don't bring in a big guy, I'm, I'm confused. Is that, is that a good confusion or a bad confusion? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I'm with you. I think they need, unless, unless they plan on playing Anthony Davis more at the five, which I think you could make a case that they already should have been doing, uh, but he seems very adamant um, against that. So, yeah, I, I mean, they're very thin there, especially with – you know, Dwight has had as many health issues as he's had, that as well as he's playing. I'm not sure that you really want to count on him for big minutes going through the postseason here. Um, I haven't heard any news, but I haven't really looked for it on whether or not they're looking at bringing back DeMarcus Cousins at all. Um, wow. Because he, be, he should be ready to go. Uh, and I know that he had, you know, even after they, even after they waived him with the, with the injuries that, well, I guess he shouldn't be. I, I read somewhere that he he was getting interest, but I guess he shouldn't be ready to go because that's that timeline isn't quite right. He should be just focused on next year. So, never mind me on that. Um, right. Well, the, some of the reporting is that he's not ruled out as any options of playing in Orlando. But um, you know, it, it's an interesting question uh, because. I don't know. I mean, listen, if Boogie wants a title, uh, we all, I have to check that, too, because is he allowed to sign with them again? I bet you all bets are off anyway, the way this is going, right? They're gonna yeah, all bets should be off. Um, and let him sign. But, uh, that, okay, so Cousins would be interesting, and they would probably need something like that. I mean, they, I think that they need, they need some, something, uh, some big guy that could fill that role, uh, because you're right. Uh, AD has never wanted to be the uh, center, even though center is not what center used to be anyway. Um, but you know, you know, will just have to bite the bullet and just play center. Uh, and I think that they're going to find out that that'll work pretty well for them, um, when they do that, but we'll find out. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think that kind of covers uh, everything we wanted to talk about today. Brady, what do you think? Are we missing anything? I think we, we hit all the, uh, the big points here and I'm sure that in the next few days, there are going to be a bunch more news that's going to clog up some of this stuff. But, uh, for now, I think we've hit everything there is to hit. Until the next right. shoe drops. Well, I, listen, this was fun, and I'm anxious to get back and do this at least once a week. So uh, t- tell everybody how they can find you over on Twitter. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Brady Klopfer NBA, And hopefully I have some interesting things to say there, but I've been struggling to come up with too many interesting takes since we haven't had any actual live basketball to <laughs> watch here in a few months. But as things ramp up, I... I ought to have some interesting things to say there. So, yeah, find me on Twitter. All right. And then also on SB Nation, you can find you reporting on various teams, I suppose. Uh, or I guess you sure focus the Warriors? Yep. Warriors is, is the NBA focus, but also do some WNBA and some MLB stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you, Brady, for joining us today. And I guess we'll see you next weekend. Uh, sorry, next Wednesday. And uh, unless something else happens, we have to do an emergency pod. But we'll find out what happens in the next few days. But, uh, again, thanks for coming on. And uh, don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, not a channel. We're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Brady? I'm always in, Coach.